Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. God's at work. So, Jamie Future last week, he made mention of Peter walking on the water during his announcements. And I love God confirmations. Y'all ever had God confirmations before? You hear something and the next day it happens and you're like, what? Like Jeff driving the bus, driving a van, you know, like 12 years later, here you are, man, driving a van. Um, but that, that uh, when Jamie did the announcements, it was, it was affirmation. It was confirmation for me. Like, okay, awesome. You know, the Lord's put this message on my heart and... Uh, I just love having confirmations. It just gets me through the whole day. And, you know, it's an honor to stand here where Pastor John and, and Jeff and stand here and share the word of God. And, man, it's such an honor. So let me ask you this question. Who in here has been undergoing any heavy spiritual, spiritual warfare or just tough circumstances? You know, life just seems to be coming at you like one, two, three, four. And you're, you're like, pow, pow, pow. You're getting hit from all over, you know? Um, I have. One of the main ways Satan attacks me, because he knows I can't fight back, is when I'm sleeping. Um, I record the dreams. I have all kinds of dreams that I, that I write down and everything. But I just wanted to, to share this, because you know what? As I speak to a lot of people, they are going through some tough stuff, some really tough uh, attacks. Maybe it's tough stuff because you've been sowing the seeds of discord into your life. You know, I've sowed some seeds of discord into my life, and I finally get off probation this month. Can you believe it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not shy about talking about my past either, because um, it's important. It's important. My past reminds me how far God's brought me, you know. Um, we're in this season of acceleration, this season of knowing God even deeper. I love how Pastor John talked about knowing God last week, and Jeff talked about open doors. There's doors that are being opened for us as we know God deeper. There is open doors of intimacy for us to know God deeper, that when we do go through a tough time, we can be like, you know what? I know this was about to happen, and I know a man, right? I know a man who can get me through it, and I don't have to sit here and just lay on my back and take it, you know. I can, just, I can stand up and I can fight. Just as David said, stand fast, my child. That was beautiful. That was so beautiful. And so this message is a reminder that following Christ will bring opposition in your life. It's not going to be smooth sailing, guys. Hey, if someone comes up to you and be like, hey, your life's going to be so much easier now that you follow Jesus, laugh at them. In Jesus' name, with grace and truth, laugh at them, you know? Because it's not. It's not. The kingdom of God wills to build us up, to grow us in Him, right? But the kingdom of darkness, what's it want to do? It wants to break you down, to get you back to the place where you began, on the floor, without Christ in your life. He wants to break you down, but God wants to build you up. So there's this battle going on. So let me tell you, if you're in the middle of that right now, know you're in a good place. If you feel convicted of your sin, know that that's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't get, don't get discouraged, brother. The Lord is reminding you, hey, stop watching that. Stop smoking that. Stop drinking that, you know. 
So I want this message to be a reminder for us that not everything in our life is going to be smooth sailing. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 22. Man, I love Peter in the Bible. I'm glad he went through it, not me, you know? I could probably have my own stories written down. Matthew 14, verse 22. When you got it, say, got it. (laughs) Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come onto the water, to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now some small context for the story here is that it is found in three of the four gospel accounts. And it immediately follows the feeding of the 3,000 in every single one. So they are witnessing something amazing with 5,000 men, not even counting the women and children being fed, right? That's a pretty amazing thing. Like You would think that's all you need to know. Or all to see for Jesus to be like, you know what? He actually is who he says he is. He took this and made all that. You know what? I'm going to listen to him. And in the Gospel of John, it records that the Jews were wanting to forcibly take Jesus as their king at that moment. But I'm going to tell you what. Jesus didn't come to overthrow Rome. Jesus came to overthrow sin. And so what I love about this story is that he gets his disciples into the boat and then handles the people. And not every every battle is our battle, okay? He stands and he handles the people. And I love how he gets them into the boat because we are susceptible to a crowd mindset. The disciples would have been susceptible right there to be like, you know what, Jesus, overthrow Rome. You, You need to do that right now. But that's not his mission statement. That's not what he came to do. In verse 24, you know, we could, we could look at 22, 23. Hey, go, go by yourself and pray. I'm not going to get too deep into that verse. But that's a verse that we can apply to ourselves right now. Go by yourself and pray. All right? And so in verse 24, it says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So number one point I want to make today is when Jesus has called you, you're not exempt from storms. When Jesus has called us into a new level of knowing him and a new season of ramping us up, we're not immune to a storm. 
There will be something that happens, and the Scripture tells us this. We can apply this to our life. This is, this is a set of Scripture that you can keep in your back pocket and read it every single day. You know what? I'm in a boat with Jesus. And you know what? With Jesus, I may encounter something, and I'm not exempt from going through things. And so when we have that mindset, hey, I'm not exempt, you expect it, right? You expect it. God has called them into this boat. He has called us into this life with him. I'm in the boat with Jesus. He's urged them to get into the boat. It would be like your boss being like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to go do that. And what are you going to tell your boss? Sure. Pastor John comes to me because he's my boss. He's also my pastor. All right? If he comes to me and he's like, Garrett, I need you to do this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'll do it. I'm going to be like, no, nah, man, you do it. You get in the boat. <laughs> no, I'm going to listen to him. <laughs> you know, if I still want, if I still want a, a job. But see, Jesus is calling his disciples into the boat in this way. Hey, get in the boat. i I got to handle this, right? He handles it. He goes by himself to pray. And just expect something to come into your life. As you are, as you are coming into a deeper revelation of who God is in your life, expect something's going to oppose that. Don't be surprised, brethren. Don't be surprised when something has fallen on you to try to stop the progress that God wants to do in your life. We don't get surprised. Although I get surprised sometimes. You know, I get surprised sometimes. The word tossed here, the boat was tossed. In Greek, it means basanazo. And I wrote that exactly how it's said. I didn't write the Greek word because I would have destroyed it. Um, It means to torture, to harass, and to be distressed. Anyone feel that? Anyone feel like you're in, some, in a distressed moment right now? Feel like something's just torturing you? I woke up from this dream I had the other night, like literally screaming. And Leslie, she's like, <gasps> you know. But as soon as that happened, you know what I did? I started praying immediately out loud. Why? Because there was something trying to distress me, to attack me, to torture me. I'm tired of it, right? I'm tired of it. We began both to pray out loud. You know, it's easy to give up in the moment. It's easy to give up when things get tough. It is very easy just be like, you know what? Uh, Here's my white flag. I'm done. You know, it's very easy to do that. But you know what's really hard? To keep going. It's hard to keep going. It's hard to keep moving forward when everything seems to be stopping you and trying to keep you from moving forward. It takes strength. It takes something, it takes more than the strength that's inside myself to walk away from my drug addiction. I found strength on a rehab floor. So then I could stand fast, and then when the wind blew, it just went around me. And I could continue to walk forward. I needed strength other than my own so that I could walk forward in this life. And we all need that too. Especially if you're going to be walking uphill on a ramp. You know, you need a little bit more strength. You ever try walking on an incline on a treadmill? I do not advise going over five. If you do, if you do you're a psycho. No. <laughs> Just kidding, you're not a psycho. 
in Jesus' name. Um, <laughs> it's hard to walk forward. It's hard to keep, to keep going. It's easy to quit. But I want you, I want you to read this verse in 1 Peter 4.12. Why are we not surprised when things happen? Scripture says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning, concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. You, know, you ever been in that position where something happened? You're like, what is happening to me right now? Scripture says, do not think it a, to be a strange thing. What's a strange thing? Something that's not common. So this is a common thing. Beloved, know that it's common when you go through something that's trying to test you and to break you down or to get you into a new, deeper revelation of the power of God in your life. This is not some strange thing. And you know what? The storm wasn't a strange thing to the disciples either. It was a common thing. They went through tough stuff. Especially being called by Jesus to walk with him. Verse 13 says, but rejoice. Hmm. Well, I don't want to. This ain't, this ain't a rejoicing trial, Jesus. To the extent, listen, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Scripture tells us we have a mindset that Jesus did too. Jesus also went through some tough stuff. Hey, there's none of us being crucified on a cross right now. Right? We all took a deep breath earlier this morning. We have breath in our lungs. We have the blood pumping through our veins. We, we are sitting here. We're able to hear the word and be under the, the worship and the fellowship of the people. We're not suffering at this level, but we are going through some stuff. And so we rejoice in this. Hey, I'm going to rejoice in the trial, in the wind, because I know that in that moment, God is going to step in and show me who he is. He's going to take me from one level to the next level. I have to pass a test in order to get to the next grade. And there, I think I said it last time I was talking or preaching that a, that a teacher is always silent during the test. That there's, always, there's going to be a trial. There's going to be a tribulation. There's going to be something that comes to try to stop you. Whether it's, from, whether it's a test or from your own actions, there is something that's going to try to stop you in moving forward. If you're being tempted right now, why do you think you're being tempted? Because you're moving forward. So why do we sit here and sit down when we expect this? It's not a strange thing. It's not a strange thing. This is a common thing. But what Satan wants you to think is that it is a strange thing. That you're the only one who's relapsed. You're the only one that has a financial hardship. You're the only one who's been church hurt. No, listen, it's not a strange thing. It's a common thing. It's a common thing. We have this mindset. You know, 
the Bible tells us that Jesus learned obedience. Can you guess what he learned obedience through? Suffering. So how do we learn to have a deeper obedience to the Lord? Through suffering. You want to read a book about suffering? Read 1 Peter, man. That'll break you down. Go read it. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he went through. Point number two I want to make. Expect God in the unexpected. And do not lose sight of the one who has called you. Jesus, in verse 25, says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, you can tell by the disciples' reaction when they're like, It's a ghost! They were not expecting that. You know? There is times where I'm walking through my house and I do not expect my wife to be standing or coming through the same doorway I am and she scares the living daylights out of me. This last time I was like, (laughs) you know. The disciples did not expect Jesus to walk to them during their, uh, their fiery trial. And a lot of times, we don't expect it either. How many times did you expect Jesus to walk in when you were sitting in jail? How many times did you expect Jesus to walk in when you were dealing with the death of a family member? How many times do we expect Jesus to come walking in on the very thing that's trying to take us down? The disciples, they didn't expect that. It's a ghost. They thought it was a ghost. So we expect God in the unexpected. And you know what's awesome? That opposition that the adversary will unknowingly prepare the way for Jesus to walk in. He'll try to kill me through a drug addiction, but you know what Jesus did? He walked on top of that to get to me. So that when I came to him, he could reach down and pull me up. And so the thing that was trying to kill me is the thing Jesus already has authority over. When, the, when he said to Telestai, I have it tattooed right here on my, my arm, you know, if you want, ever want to know what that meant, that's to Telestai. You know what it means? It is finished. There's no more work to be done. The Bible says that Jesus made a public spectacle of Satan. You know what that means? He made fun of them in front of everybody. Satan walked around, thought he was big, powerful, big, powerful man. Jesus rises from the dead, throws a flea flicker touchdown, kills death. <laughs> I always say that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest trick play of all time. The greatest trick play. Satan thought he was killing him. Jesus said, watch this. I'm about to make, I'm about to embarrass you. Or as the young kids would call it, I'm about to clip you. You know, make a little clip of a good, a good Fortnite shot. If you got young kids, you know, what I, you know what I'm talking about. It'll be on YouTube. Who can relate to that? 
that in your deepest and darkest moment of life, Jesus walked in on it. There's a time. Um, dang. With with Leo. That Leo was diagnosed with leukemia when he was in sixth grade. No, sixth grade. Six years old. <laughs> in first grade. And I'll never forget because Leo's my stepson and. And uh, Lorelai was just born, and, and I'm staying in this hotel room with, with a newborn infant. You know, Leslie is in the hospital with, with Leo's dad. This is during a time where no one could come up into the room and everything. And so, you know, Leslie, she, was, uh, she would come and meet me in the, the car garage at Vanderbilt three to four times a day, you know, because I'm not capable of feeding a baby, all right? <laughs> She, she was, she's a mother, all right, and so she would come and, and see us, and I'll never forget when she got into the car, and her face was just like white and long, and uh, she uttered these three words, Leo has cancer, and then just broke down in the car, you know, and time, and the world doesn't stop when these things happen. And uh, life is not smooth sailing, right? I've been saved. I am saved in that moment. Does that exempt me from something bad coming into my life? No, it does not. And I vividly remember this moment when that happened that this trap door opened underneath my heart. I thought it rolled out the truck. You know, open a door trying to find it real quick, trying to hold on to a newborn baby that's probably screaming if I know my daughter. <laughs> she is a uh, strong-willed child, yeah. And I try to have a stronger will, but you know, there's just some battles, guys, that are not yours. <laughs> I'm going to let Jesus sort that one out. <laughs> but it was in that very instance when the trap door opened and my heart fell out that there was this supernatural peace that filled the cabin of that truck. It wasn't this like, oh, everything's going to be okay. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I do not know if everything's going to be okay. But I do know that peace from heaven flooded that cabin. And you know what we did? Like it's going to be, it's okay. It's going to be okay because our Savior, he walks on the water. He walks on the thing that's trying to kill us. He can come to you. As the waves seem to crash into your boat and you got a bucket with a hole in it. You can't even get the water out. You don't have the strength to get it out. You don't have the strength to overcome your drug addiction. He does. So in those moments when we thought that 
what can happen after this, what is going to happen after this, Jesus walked in on it because he has authority over it. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He has authority over the sickness. He has authority over the winds. He has authority over the waves, over your your finances, over death, and over eternal life. How much more rich are you with eternal life? Last night, or yesterday, I was doing my run on a treadmill on a zero incline. (laughs) And I saw Leo, he's in his bedroom playing fork knife. And uh, (laughs) he's in there playing Fortnite. And Leslie, she's sitting there playing with Lorelai. They're playing Duck, Duck, Goose, you know, one-on-one. And, uh, (laughs) you know. Pretty, pretty easy game. But uh, as I was sitting there, and this is aside from the message, as I was sitting there, I said, this is what it means to be rich. And that's what I told her. That's what it means to be rich. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through a financial hardship. Because, you know, when you file your taxes and you see that you owe, that's a thumbs down When you go to start your car and you put it in R for reverse and it goes, that's a thumbs down. (laughs) But watching my wife and daughter run around playing Duck, Duck, Goose and hearing Leo laughing and having a, a good time, that's what it means to be rich, guys. That's what it means to be rich. Isaiah 43, 2. I love this. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You can just stop there. You don't have to read any more. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. So uh, when you pass through, I will be with you. The waters, they're not going to overflow you. They're not going to take you down. He is with us. When you go through the fires, this strange fiery trial that is beholding me, no, you will go through it. Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's it say? I will fear no evil. The flame's not going to touch me. The water's not going to drown me. Death has lost its hold on me. And I have hope. Hope always pertains to your future. Always. So you will go through. It's not when, it's if. I mean, it's not if, it's when. Someone wrote that wrong in my notes. (laughs) Someone's trying to sabotage me, man. See, Jesus came into my storm, but notice he didn't calm it. 
right? He didn't calm it. But he invited me to walk on it. He invited me to step out with him. He didn't say, hey, here I am, everything chill. No, he said, here, you come with me and get on top of the thing that's trying to kill you so that I can show you what it means to truly walk with Christ, to truly walk with the Son of God. You thought the fish were cool, man. Wait till you walk on water. Y'all ever tried to do that? <laughs> Go try it. Go down to the lake right after service. And try to walk out on there. He invited us to walk on top of it. The sin that was trying to kill us and destroy us, he invited us to stand on top of it. We crushed the head of the serpent. We are the head, not the tail. I can stand on top of the water because he has authority over it. So can you. So in this season, when God is building and increasing you in the knowledge of him, know that you have the same authority to stand with him. He has called you out to stand with him. Not to take a seat in the back, but to walk alongside him. And he even gives you a sturdy foundation. It's like he's done all the work. It's like he's prepared all this beforehand. You just have to say yes to it. It's like he's been preparing the way for himself since the beginning of time. What's the Bible say? From the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. He knew beforehand he was going to die on the cross. He knew beforehand I was going to fall into a real dark time. He knew beforehand Leo would get cancer. And he knew beforehand the things that we all would go through. And what he's doing is he is inviting you out of that boat and onto the water. And notice the people in the boat also believed in Jesus. I thought that was a kind of an interesting thing there. That not everyone is going to get out of the boat. Not all of them are going to get out of it. The thing that is a curse has become an opportunity for God's glory. There was this girl in youth group. I don't know if she's in here right now. Um, Atlee. She's awesome. Um, but she comes up to me and she's like, I found your Facebook. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I intentionally do not delete the pictures off there. Okay? For this specific reason. Because she came up to me. She's like, I found your Facebook. And I was looking at your pictures. And if you go back past 2018, I'm not saved. Okay? And there's this picture of me sitting in this chair. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom took it. It's fine. We're in a process of sanctification. <laughs> but I was sitting in this chair, and I think it was like a Valentine's picture, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a single, single bachelor at this time. And I'm sitting there with a 30-pack of Bud Light. Around, with my arm around it, saying, I love us. <laughs> and she saw the, that picture, and, you know, um, she saw some other pictures through there, and she said, you've came a long way. 
You're right. I have come a long way. You know how I've come a long way? By the Lord. And so my past, even though it was a, a, you know, a sinful past, God used that past so that he could walk in and show others his glory. And every single one of us have a story in here. You may not have been in a drug addiction. That's cool. Don't get in one. But you have a story of when God has walked in on something that was trying to kill you. And you were willingly going along with it. Guess who drank 30 beers that night? Probably this guy. So, the thing that was trying to kill me, Jesus walks in on it and others see his glory. And when she said, you've come a long way, I can see God in your life. That is the whole point of it. That's the whole point of it, guys. That the thing trying to kill us is going to be an opportunity for God to show his glory through. And you know what? Jesus didn't come. Jesus didn't invite me to come after. He didn't come, invite me to come to him after I got a job. After I got my driver's license, because you know, like all good drug addicts, you just don't have one. I don't know what happens to it. It gets suspended in the mix somehow. He didn't ask me to make sure that my whole life was together, guys. He invited me with one word, come. He didn't say, make sure you, you shave, because I'll probably, you can tell I don't do that anymore. He invited me to trust him that the thing that I was struggling with and being killed by, he was going to take care of. To step out in faith with him, guys. Faith is confidence. We don't have to make it so crazy. Faith is trusting in Christ. Trusting in him. That's what it means to be faithful. Do not be afraid of the things going on around you. I mean, you can look. The world's like literally on fire. You're going to walk out there, it's on fire. But our eyes are on Jesus. You know, the fear that Peter felt here in this moment, the, the word means to withdraw or flee from. So when he saw the waves, he withdrew. And he began to flee from them. You know, I could only imagine as he took a couple steps, they just got deeper and deeper into the water, right? They just got deeper and deeper into the water. And what I love about this is, is when he started to fall, he cried back out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And what did Jesus do? Immediately grabbed him you got to be pretty strong. I'm going to say Peter's 160 pounds. You ever try to pick up 160 pounds of dead weight out of the water? Jesus is probably pretty strong, you know. But Jesus immediately grabbed him out of the water. This is a man who's been walking by faith, right? And sometimes when we walk by faith, we fall. We sink. We get scared. But what Peter's example is that even though in that moment he went back to the one he knew would pick him up out of the water. 
And so even though you have fallen, repent. Turn back to the one who can pick you up out of the water, that can set your feet on the solid ground. Even though it's the waves, there is a solid foundation there for you and for me. He didn't tell Peter, hey Peter, you're going to have to be down there for about 30 seconds before I pull you out of that water. He didn't say, Peter, I'm going to need you to tell me sorry right now before I get you out of that water. He didn't say any of those things. Peter said, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, I got you. And grabbed him. The hand of God grabbed hold of his hand. Just like when I got saved, the hand of God grabbed hold of my hand and pulled me up. Then gave me his Holy Spirit as a down payment saying, I'm good to purchase you. Here's your down payment. And it's going to lead you. And it's going to guide you. And so Jesus confronted Peter's doubt when he pulled him up. Y'all ever doubted before? Yeah, so did Peter, and he just was walking on the water and then doubted. Don't be so discouraged or hard on yourself. But confrontation is not the same thing as condemnation. Y'all ever been corrected by someone before? Yeah, me too. It's not condemnation. Correction is to get you back onto the path. Peter, you sank because you doubted. That's it. Jesus wasn't like, you doubted, Peter. You're going to have to 30 lashes for Peter after service. He didn't say any of those things. And I'm telling you guys, you don't have to get cleaned back up. You just got to call back on his name. The same way that you got saved is the same way that he could pull you back out when you've fallen down. Ask the worship team to go ahead and and come back up. The third and final point that I have for us is there is purpose in the storm to bring you and I into a new level of experiential knowledge. Pastor John mentioned that last week. That's the Greek word ginosko or genosko. It means to know something through experience of something. The Bible says that this is eternal life, that you may know God and his son Jesus. That same word is gnosko, to know him, to experience God. When you experience something, you know it on a different level. You can't tell me nothing that Jesus isn't real. You can't. I've experienced him. Daily even. You know y'all can do that? You can experience the goodness of God every single day. The disciples, they experienced this authority and peace, and they seen that stepping out in faith with Jesus gives you authority to stand on the same things that are trying to take you down. You can have experience today over God's power or in God's power. Jesus came to them so that they could come to him. 
just like he did us. The Bible says that he came to his own, talking creation. He came to us, and we beheld the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, his glory. We've seen it. They went from uncertainty to being certain. They said, truly, truly, this is the Son of God. You are the Son of God. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that Jesus is the expressed image of God. That if you want to see God, you look at his Son. It's his glory. And he's upholding all things. What's it say? All things. And he had, by himself, he doesn't need our help. Didn't need our help to purge our sins. He has sat down. The work's finished, guys. The work is finished. So I encourage you, as you are walking and moving into this new season of life, as Christ is calling you up a new ramp out of the boat, that your life is not going to be smooth sailing. But take heart and rejoice that when you go through trials and tribulations, know that Jesus did too. And with that mindset, we can have the same authority to walk on the things that are trying to kill us. So I ask the prayer team to go ahead and come up. We're going to go into this time of worship. I want you to expect opposition. Don't be surprised by it. Expect it. You can expect the thief when you know he's going to break into your house, right? Respond to the opportunity to get to the next level. Crisis becomes an invitation. So Lord, we thank you for this day, God, and we thank you for calling us to a new level. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to know you even deeper God, we pray that the hearts and minds in here are receptive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. That they come and they just lay it down. That surrendering is worship. So that we can get from a point of knowing you as a provider for our physical needs to knowing you as the true Son of God. The Savior of the world. The one who purged our sins and has sat down at the right hand, inviting us, extending your hand to us. Lord, let us grab it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.